Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to episode number 160 of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. the Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Gary Action Jackson, from the East Coast of the U.S. And it's the end of the year here, folks. It's time to reflect. And a lot of people will be celebrating Christmas. And I hope that you will check out our top 10 rock and roll Christmas songs, which was episode number 159. Gary and I both chose stuff that was big to us growing up in one way or another. Our list did have some overlap, but they were not identical. So I hope you check that out. If not, you've got a chance, even if it's past Christmas. But like we try to do every year, we're doing a year in review here about the show, about all the great guests that we had on the show, all the albums we reviewed, all the artists that we'll have on the show, all the live shows that we cover. It's just time to say thank you to all the listeners. It's amazing that so many people around the world have taken to our show, and we love to hear from you. And you can write us at UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com and let us know what you think about the show or the kind of show you want to hear about. You want to hear about a certain band or a certain album or a tour that's coming up or whatever it may be. Let us know. We want to know what you're interested in. But we feel like we had a great year on the show. Even though I had a lot going on with moving from the Netherlands back to the USA, we kept the show going every week. In fact, we added a new monthly sidecast, we call it, First Concert Memories, where we take a guest and ask them 20 questions about the night they saw a certain band live for the first time and how it had an impact on them maybe even change their lives. We've gotten a lot of great response to those. Great guests talking about seeing Kiss for the first time, Def Leppard, Van Halen, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, Ace Fraley. We've got some great stuff lined up for 2024. But in looking back on 2023, we want to take a chance to look at all the albums that we reviewed, all the writers, podcasters, and journalists that we had on in the year. And that's what we're going to break down on this show. We'll do part two next week. We talk about the artist's and legends and performers that we had on the show, along with the live concerts that we review. So on this show, it's all about the more than 30 albums and 15 writer, author, podcaster guests that we had on the show in 2023. It's a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to jumping into it here. First of all, a little bit of business. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a family of about 100 different shows, all music related, something in there for everybody. Visit PantheonPodcast.com or follow at Pantheon Pods. And our sponsor, RareVinyl.com, based in the UK, has been getting a lot of orders from listeners lately, and we really appreciate that. The code UGLY will save you 10% on all your orders. But it's a one-time code, and we've seen people going in to make big purchases. And I know it's the holidays, and that's great. We're happy to get you some real treasure from RareVinyl.com out of their quarter of a million items in stock. I know you can find something, and they've got some rare stuff. They've got some special stuff. They've got some mint stuff. And some people are grabbing those up for their friends and family maybe for themselves, and using the code UGLY to save 10% on all their orders. So we appreciate that. We're glad to see that. We appreciate them sponsoring us this year, and we're glad to not only help them grow their business, but help record collectors and music lovers be able to get great quality, hard-to-find stuff, and give them a decent deal as well. So thank you to rarevinyl.com. Thank you to Pantheon Pods. Thank you to all of you for listening this year. It really does mean the world to us. And thanks to all of our guests who we're going to walk through right now. So let's jump into it. It's 2023 in review part one. We're talking about our albums and podcaster, writer, author, guests here on The Wolf. 
2023 is coming to an end here, Jackson. Uh, it's an interesting year for us, interesting year for the world. What are your thoughts as we kind of wrap up this 51st or so year of your life? <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah, I always get, it's it's like happy, sad, and then happy again at this time of year. Yeah. Like, it's exciting because, I mean, I think we had a good year. We had a lot of fun. We talked to a lot of cool people. We got to go some cool places. That's right. And then it's sad because the year's coming to an end, but then I'm looking forward to next year too. I know we've got some stuff on the on the agenda already. So I think we had a good year and it's interesting because sometimes years run together. So, yep. you, oh, we did that. No, that was the year before. Or I thought that was last year. No, this was this year. So I think we had a, I think we had a good year and I'm excited to go through it again. Well, I think we had a good year too. It was, I mean, the show definitely grew which is great. I mean, meeting more folks from around the world is really cool for us. And to, to grow the show, to see people from the hinterlands of the earth, you know, picking up the show, even if it's just for one episode. Like you see someone in Ukraine download the show. It's like, you know what? They're going through some hell. They're going through some tough stuff. And if our show helps distract them for an hour, that's amazing. You know, mm -hmm. that's, and it's kind of shocking. It's like, well, then if that's true, we need to, uh, we need to up our game a little <laughs> bit here because they, they deserve a break. So yeah, I mean, looking back, it's, I like to do stats. I like information. Mm -hmm. I just kind of help. I think it helps you better understand what's happening and where your show is going and who's listening and, and the kind of shows that they like and, and things like that. So just to break down a few things, because this year we did, well, so far anyway, we've done 50 episodes of The Ugly American Werewolf in London. These review shows will be 51 and 52 because we do have a weekly show. But we also broke in a new show this year. Call it a sidecast. Mm -hmm. It's a monthly thing we do called First Concert Memories, where we talk to somebody for whom seeing a certain band live was life-changing or, or life-affirming or something that blew them away, blew their minds, and then they knew they loved that band or knew that they wanted to be in music somehow or, or whatever it might be. And we've gotten a huge response to this. I mean, I think everyone has that experience. If you like music, at some point you've seen a band live. Maybe it was when you were really small and you'd never been to a concert before. Maybe it was when you were older and you finally got to see your favorite band that you've been wanting to see for years or whatever the case may be. But they see this band and all of a sudden their life is different and better for it. And we've got a great response to it. And it's what I like is the fact we were talking to a couple of people for the, the regular show, a couple of guests, and then mm -hmm. floated that past them and you see their eyes light up like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a topic I'd love to talk about again, because especially people that get interviewed a lot with yeah. uh, just, you know, you kind of get the same questions over and over and over again. But to talk about something that you really have no agenda on, it's just a great piece of your life that you get to relive. I think is is kind of universal, especially for people who are interested in music at all and are in the industry, for lack of a better term. No, you're right about that. And it's been refreshing, too. I mean, look, we're fortunate in that we've been able to line up some interviews with some artists and some authors and some bigger players in the industry that were like, oh, man, it'd be so cool to talk to him or talk to her or whatever. And then we get our a lot of time with them. And then we mentioned, oh, by the way, we have this monthly show where you can talk about the first time you saw a certain artist and it changed your mind. They they do. They light up. They're like, whoa, mm -hmm. okay, I'll come back for that. I mean, big time authors who don't need to be on our show again or you know, even some of the artists, the musicians who we love having on to tell stories about how they create the music or their life on the road. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely come back for that. No problem. You know, so that's been super refreshing. It comes out once a month. As of this recording coming out, we've done five. And we've already lined up some great ones for 2024. But in order, from First Concert Memories 1, we had Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loud talk about the first time they saw Kiss. And that was a lot of fun just because we saw Kiss together on the Revenge Tour. Mm. But Tom had seen them on the Hot in the Shade Tour. And then Zeus's first time was with the reunion, or I think they called it a live worldwide tour in 96. So we got three different stories of the first Kiss concert, mm -hmm. um, which is cool. Uh, and then, of course, they were at the last Kiss concerts in MSG. Did you listen to their show on that? I, I have not yet. It's queued up. It's ready to go. I can't wait to hear about that. Their thoughts, their feelings, and just uh, I've seen pictures that they've posted. So the whole, just kind of get the recap of the whole weekend or a couple days they were in New York. Yeah, no, it was... 
it's a great show. I mean, they always do a great job. And mm-hmm. obviously, seeing them live for the last time is a big deal. And I, I'm sure they'll do great with that one. But I'm glad we captured the first time that they saw them live. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Next up on First Cotton Memories 2, we had author Greg Renoff, who's not only written a book about Van Halen, like Van Halen Rising, he's also written a great book about Ted Templeman. But the first time he saw Van Halen live was on the 1984 tour. Now that is a big deal. And we had a lot of fun talking to Greg. <laughs> not only was it a big deal, it just in the in the show itself and, and being able to say that you were there. But I mean, he, for all intents and purposes, he was a child. Like his mom had to drive him to the show and wait for him in the parking lot. Yeah. What was so, it, 13 or 14? Yeah. I, yes. 30, yeah. Either 13 or 14. So the fact that he got to go, number one was great. But how he ever talked her into that, I have no idea. I know. Just, just he knew he had to be there. That was the thing. He knew he couldn't miss it. I think if I remember correctly, he didn't, it wasn't even like a whole bunch of, you know, friends of his went. He just decided he was going to do this on his own. And that kind of, I think, set him on the path for the rest of his life. Yeah, I think you may be right about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so we we appreciate Greg coming on. He's a Van Halen freak and an expert, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great conversation. Our third one was with our dear friend Neil Poole from Def Lep Pod. I say it's the best Def Leppard podcast on the planet, and he was mm-hmm. one of the ones that we started listening to when we first started our show. And, of course, he was talking about seeing Def Leppard. Same time we saw them first on the Adrenalize Tour, but he's talking about being in England, jumping on the bus from Liverpool, <laughs> to Birmingham to see them sounds like a it's just a cool way to be able to get around when you don't have a car when you don't have a driver's license to be able mm-hmm. to get you know they set it up so you can get to these shows around England I just think that was cool and and the fact that he got to see them after he'd wanted to for so long for like he was sitting there four or five years just loving Def Leppard and watching the hysteria videos watching in the round in your face over and over again until finally he could go I think that was really awesome his brother took him, even though he didn't really want to take him, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting recap too, because he he went so far. I just figured, you know, Liverpool was a big enough place for Def Leppard to play, but I think at that time it sounded like they didn't really have a an arena there that suited them for that tour. So they they got on the bus, which was part of the, the part of the deal too. Like you bought your ticket and you bought the bus pass. Because that's just what you were going to do. I've never right. heard of that in the United States, even though it probably exists somewhere. But it's more, I was, I guess it was more more of a big deal there. Like, that's just what you did. You got on the bus with the rest of the fans and, and showed up to the show. I'd be interested to see what that uh, ride was like back after everybody had been there, had mm. <laughs> imbibed, and yes. then... Was there a bathroom on the coach? Because you may not want to be seated back there. (laughs) Anywhere near it. Neil says he's going to be winding down his podcast soon, and we just come in for special shows once in a while. Mm -hmm. That's his right to do it, and he's been doing it for years now, so he's ready to kind of lay it down. But I I hope he continues to do it, because he has such great knowledge and passion for Def Leppard, uh, and it's fun to listen to, so I, I hope he continues to do it somehow. Yeah, I think he was, that was probably one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. And I remember thinking to myself, it was on, it was the one he did on Wasted. And I thought, there's, you're going to do an hour show on one song. You can't do that. And he did it. He made it entertaining. And uh, that was probably the first thought I had of, well, maybe we can make a go out of this. That's right. That's exactly right. He's an inspiration to us and Mm -hmm. has become a friend. So thank you, Neil. Exactly. This is Neil from Def Leppard. Pod. You're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. All right. And then fourth was our buddy Sonny Pooney (laughs) from Growing Up Rock who is now our Pantheon podcast brother. And we had him on last year for the White Snake, the 87 White Snake album around its 35th anniversary. But he came on to talk to us about seeing Ace Fraley, Ace Fraley live back when he could walk and talk pretty well. <laughs> Opening for Y&T, which, you know, I mean, look, I wanted to hear about Ace. We all love Ace. We're going to reluctantly buy 10,000 volts when it comes mm-hmm. out. But hearing about Y&T live was just as exciting. And, Obviously, Sonny being just a little bit older than us, yet still the same generation, he's seen a lot of bands that we love. And being out in that Bay Area where a lot of people come through, I mean, I talk about how, yeah, I'm in Louisville, 
if I have to go to Cincinnati, I will. If I have to go to Indianapolis, I will. If I need to go to Nashville, I, I will. But, you know, being kind of near San Jose and near San Francisco and near Sacramento and near, you know, all these places, eventually he would see everybody growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a couple of different options. And not only did he have the first concert memories, he also had bootlegs of the show to share with us. Right. So that was, I don't know where he got them from, but that was interesting, too. Because most, we talk, and we talked about this on the show, but most live records that you hear are recorded and then yeah, they go in and they do some, they do a little magic in the studio to kind of clean them up. But to hear the, not only the songs played, but to hear the kind of the, the noise in the crowd of people getting upset and, and not upset, excited, right. and yelling, oh, hey, you know, here we go. You really felt like you were there with him. I agree. You know, it, if anyone ever has bootlegs or even videos of a show that you attended, that's a huge help. It just helps us understand the vibe, the atmosphere, what was going on that night. And so I thought it was really cool to have those bootlegs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, I mean, it was recorded like somebody had it in their front pocket, right? So you hear the crowd, you hear people cheering, <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was really good. It's definitely not off the board, but it's <laughs> cool to be able to hear it, see what the band was sounding like, hear the banter, whatever. So that's great. This is Sunny Hollywood Pooney, and you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. And then our fifth that came out on December 1st was another dear friend of the show coming back, Christy Alexander Hallberg from the show Rock is Lit. Talk about the first time she saw Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in 1998. Of course, she wrote the book Searching for Jimmy Page a couple years back. That's how we met her. We had her on the show a couple years ago and became fast friends because she sent us her book. We read it, which for us is kind of a big deal because we don't Mm. read much. (laughs) Because we're Americans. But yeah, we read the book and it was great. And we helped her get that to Deborah Bonham. And so it was great to have her on to talk about that because that was yet another show that you and I had seen together when we lived together in college. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Well, I mean, we, we, well, we saw him on the we saw him on the tour previously to correct. the one that she saw. So it was a little bit the same, a little bit different. Uh, it was great to hear her recap that, including the highs and unfortunately the lows of that uh, evening and uh just hear her love for the the artist like you said she went on to write the book so she definitely has kind of definitely more of a connection to Jimmy Page than we ever do and we thought we had a pretty big connection correct uh, no yeah. she's got an even deeper one <laughs> Well, did you Plus, write a book about him? Well, no, 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 I haven't done that. Were you in love with him? I'm like, well, platonically, yeah, I mean, kind yeah, of. Yeah. I mean, in a way, yes. In a, yes, but... you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I wanted to be him, yes. Exactly. Hi, this is Christy Alexander Hallberg, author of the novel Searching for Jimmy Page, and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. So we thank all those guests for for coming on, and we're going to go over all the authors and podcasters on this one. But I thought we'd kind of clue you in. You know, our show is about reviewing albums, classic albums, mostly albums that we love, or at least they have some songs off it that were important to us. And then we'll review the whole album, usually around a big anniversary, the 30th, 35th, 40th, 45th, 50th, something like that. But we also have artists on who uh, maybe they're doing a tour, maybe they have a new album coming out. Maybe they just want to talk to us because we're so awesome. Mm. We obviously have a lot of podcasters on for different reasons. And sometimes we do live reviews. And I feel like now that I'm back in the States, maybe I'm not doing as many as I used to. And we did travel to Europe to get our biggest live reviews in this year. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But we'll, we'll continue to try to do that. We we didn't review every concert we went to this year. I mean, I took the Wolf Cub to some shows that I just didn't think would jibe on our program. Mm-hmm. Like I took her to see Chicago. Well, it was fun for her, and it's a good show, but is that really what <laughs> the prog and heavy metal scene wants to hear? I don't think so. Took her to America because I've been singing her those songs since she was a baby. Again, we had fun, but is it necessary for the show? Not really. Mm-hmm. Took her to see Peter Frampton, you know, so we went to a, a few shows that, that didn't make the show. But overall, just to give you a few stats, we reviewed 32 different albums this year. We had 15 podcasters and authors on And sometimes those folks were on to review an album, not just talk about their book or or whatever. So the numbers may exceed, our total numbers on these may exceed the total number of shows that we did. (laughs) We had eight different artists on, including directors. We had 
five concert reviews and we had six other shows and those were not quite concert reviews we didn't have anyone on they weren't album reviews it was like when jeff beck died we did a jeff beck tribute Mm-hmm. We did the Bono and the Edge special that appeared on Disney in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that David Letterman kind of hosted. We had two top 10 shows, the top 10 rock and roll free agents of all time, which was fun, which we got a lot of feedback on. Mm-hmm. And then just recently we did our top 10 Christmas songs. And then to round out the year, we've got uh, 2023 year in review parts one and two. And we just really appreciate everybody tuning in from all over the world. Over 120 countries we've been heard in now, which is kind of mind-boggling, but just good to know there's other rock and rollers out there who want to know the same minutiae about these albums and artists that we do. (laughs) It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe there's anybody listening to this, but especially in 120 different countries. So thank you very much. We appreciate it everybody and looking forward to having a good time again in 2024 yeah we've got some great stuff lined up we've got some killer folks lined up for first concert memories we've got a couple of concerts lined up that we're looking forward to that we'll definitely be reviewing on the show Mm -hmm. and of course more will come up throughout the year there's some albums having some big anniversaries that we're looking forward to so 2024 is just it's looking up we're we're really excited we're gonna press on Um, and there was another new segment that we introduced called on first listen just something we've Mm -hmm. kind of been thinking about for a while here we endeavor to know everything right every band every album every little fact every studio every songwriter all that but nobody knows everything and over time people like oh you got to listen to such and such album and you're like yeah okay i'll get there you know at some point Uh, but you know some bands we've just missed some bands they, they didn't get played on the radio and so we never got into them but there are classic albums. So we started this on first listen series. We'd listen to an album that we'd never heard before and we'll listen to it all the way through a few times and then we'll give you our first impressions of it. And the first one we did this year was right around the 50th anniversary of Emerson Lake and Palmer's brain salad surgery. So that was fun. It may not be our definitely kind of music, but to be able to understand better what the cover was all about and how that came into being was interesting research to hear this music from artists that we like that maybe we weren't into because it's a little ahead of our time it's not exactly our genre but it was fun and, and we've got a few different ones and some different ideas lined up for 2024 there as well and i think it's important too because like you were saying to have that knowledge in your head so that you have a, a point of reference heard about it heard the the carn evil number nine first impression part two on the radio <laughs> Yeah. It's a mouthful. Never heard the rest of the record. Always heard it was good. Always, always heard it referenced as a uh, a milestone for recording and for prog rock. Got to listen to it. Like you said, maybe not my favorite. However, now I now I can at least speak semi intelligently about it. Yeah, I have a an appreciation for Correct. it. I Correct. I know what everybody's talking about here. Hi, I'm Deborah Bonham, and I am the Irish werewolf in England. Peter Bullock. <laughs> and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon.
well, let's run down. I'll just give a quick list here of all the albums that we reviewed this year, starting with Journey's Frontiers, celebrating its 40th. We did that back in that January we did that. City to City by Jerry Rafferty, one of our personal favorites. U2's War at 40. Oh, Metal Health, right. Metal Health by Quiet Riot. <laughs> turning 40 sorry i couldn't read my own writing there we did houses of the holy turning 50 if you can believe that and we did that with our buddy ryan condal who we'll talk about here in a bit we did cheap tricks live at the budicon it's turned 45 if you can believe that coverdale page turned 30 dark side of the moon turned 50 we got a big boost from that it was right around when i moved back to america jackson mm. and a lot of people not only tune in for that but then they tune into all of our old Pink Floyd episodes and like seeing Nick Mason live mm. and talking to Gary and Guy from Nick Mason's Saucerful Secrets. That was actually a pretty big one for us. David Bowie's Less Dance turning 40, Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind turning 40. That was a big one for us. Doing Marillion's Script for Adjuster's Tear with Jimmy Madden kind of opened us up. That was almost our first on first listen. We just didn't call it that at the time, mm-hmm. but we, we hadn't heard that album at all. No. Not really familiar with that. Not really familiar with Marillion either. Heard the name a million times. You know, one of those, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard of them before. Never really listened to it. So I'm glad we got to talk to him. Somebody who really had a a reverence for that material. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy's a great guy. Mm -hmm. He's selling his music in America. Check out Jimmy Madden. But from then we moved to OU812 because it was turning 35 by Van Halen. Dire Straits debut album was turning 45. Came out in 1978. Uh, Men at Works Cargo turned 40. And we had a fun time reviewing that. I like doing the old MTV ones. I, I, I feel like that one didn't do quite as well as I'd hoped. But still, it, uh, it was fun. I'm hoping whoever listened to that maybe said the same thing. Like I remember that. And then went back and listened to it because it is it is an underappreciated '80s gem. Yeah, everyone say, "Oh, it's business as usual" because mm-hmm. that's got the bigger hits. It's got sure. Down Under on it. Came out the year before. It sold 10 million or something like that. But Cargo was a good second effort. Mm-hmm. Holy Diver, Ronnie James Dio's first kind of foray as a solo act, turned 40, and we reviewed that in May. Um, we we did a little bit of Dark Fighter preview. One of the great things about doing the show is people send us albums before they come out and say, hey, listen to this, and then see if you want to have somebody from the band on the show. I'm like, okay, well, I've heard of Rival Sons. Let me listen to Dark Fighter. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was awesome. About the best new album of the year. We're like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to somebody. And we ended up getting guitarist and songwriter Scott Holiday on. And of course, now they're one of our favorite, quote unquote, <laughs> new acts. But we'll get into that on show two a little bit more. We did, because we're big Asia fans, we had to do Alpha as it turned 40. Mm-hmm. What does that say? <laughs> oh, sorry. Robert Plant's Principle of Moments. There we go. Turn in 40, and we've done Robert Plant's first two solo albums now, and they're both solid. He put together a new band, and it fit the 80s. Of course, this one had some big uh, MTV hits on it. We also did Leonard Skinner's first album, mm-hmm. pronounced Leonard Skinner, which was chock full of hits, and darn near also had Sweet Home Alabama on it, so <laughs> that was a good one. We did Kill Em All, turning 40, uh, with our buddy Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks. We did Motley Cruz Shout at the Devil, as it turned 40. Mm-hmm. Goat's Head Soup, we did with Mark from Performance Anxiety, as it turned 50. And that was actually a really fun show. Mark has great energy, and the show performed pretty well for us. Got people to listen to our many other Stone shows. I think we have eight or nine Stone shows out of like 160 or whatever the number is at this point. So hmm. we'll probably have more next year. My guess is we will. We did Police, Outlandos Demore, as it mm-hmm. turned 45. Genesis self-titled 1983 album turned 40, as did Yes's 90125. That was fun to do both of those, mm-hmm. as those were bands that we've done reviews on as like prog superstars and had members of the band on the show before but those were more like their transition into more pop bands than the way out there prog bands right and were our introductions to both those bands via mtv mm-hmm. they don't call them the best co-host in the business for nothing folks you got that right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't he a convicted felon monty <laughs> doesn't really say that here well he should be <laughs> 
Okay, one that didn't do well, but I thought was fun to do was traveling wheelberries as it turned 35. That maybe was a just, fun one. Yeah, maybe just a little bit out of the demographics, but yeah, that was that was fun to go back and re-listen to when uh, you get four giant names, I guess five giant names in, in the business to get together and make a record. And that was a, maybe a little bit past the prime MTV days. But just to go back and watch those videos again and listen to that record, that was a good one. So yeah. sorry it didn't hit, but if you didn't listen to it, you're missing out. Well, and at this point, most of the people aren't with us anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, George Harrison has gone. Roy died while it was on the charts. Right. Uh, Tom Petty's not with us anymore. Dylan doesn't do much, you know, uh, and, so, and Jeff Lynn's kind of, you know, just... I mean, I think he's been touring a little bit with ELO, but uh, he's kind of certainly not putting out a whole lot of new music. And I just feel like that this was a fun one to do. Next was our on first listen brain salad surgery by Emerson Lake and Palmer, not too far away from when it turned 50. We already talked a little bit about that one. Then we did a show of hands by Rush. The only live album that we did this year, which was big for me, not as big for you, but it turns 35 right after the first of the year here. So we're getting it near its anniversary. Hmm. We did Thriller by Michael Jackson close to its 41st. It was the only one we really did that wasn't near a real big anniversary, but we did it for Halloween because Thriller has that kind of scary Halloween tie-in or whatever. And we had Mm. to do it eventually. And I didn't wait. I don't want to wait until it turned 50 to do it. So, so we did it after that. We did Billy Idol's rebel yell as it turned 40 Ozzy Osbourne's bark at the moon as it turned 40. And then the last one we did here in December was banned on the run, right? As it turned 50 and right around the time that Denny Lane, Mm unfortunately passed away who had been with the moody blues before he joined wings and because paul had well he had some band turnover some of the guys weren't thrilled with having linda in the band and the lack of touring and so they split so it was just the three of them paul linda and denny who made that epic record and what i like too is the fact that we get to listen to the record like that but also in doing research for the show, you get to know the story of how it was made. And that was a crazy one. It was a crazy one. I mean, made in Africa, made in England. And the fact too, like, you know, you put this all together. Okay, here's what we're going to do. And half the band is like, yeah, we're not going on that trip like yep. tomorrow. So good luck. So good luck with that. <laughs> So we'll do a top 10 overall, like top 10 episodes overall on the second part. But as far as the albums that we review goes, here's Mm. how they rank as far as most downloads. This isn't our favorite. Okay. This is just like most downloads on the year. And we'll start at the bottom 10, but I'm going to have to give you some, some options here too, or some asides because... For the most part, all of these came out this year, but some of them, a couple who made the top 10 came out a couple of years ago, if you can believe that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So number 10 was Kill 'Em All Turning 40 with Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks, which we <laughs> did uh, there in uh, July this summer. Now, nine and eight were Seventh Son and Somewhere in Time from Iron Maiden which we did way back in the day. We did a couple of years ago. The reason those got up so high is because, well, we had a couple of other Iron Maiden shows between the Peace of Mind review and the live shows that we covered in Amsterdam and Antwerp. Then I would always say, hey, check out our live review of Iron Maiden from Europe and listen to our other Iron Maiden reviews. And so I would do that often. And those, thanks to that, those climbed up to eight and nine. Now, if we want to change that, say, okay, shows that didn't come out this year, those don't count. It would be then number 10 would have been Coverdale Page at 40. Number nine would have been Men at Works Cargo. And then number eight would have been Kill Em All. Okay. So it, it depends on how you want to look at it. But yeah, we, we had somewhere in time and seventh son of seventh son, Byron Maiden cracked the top 10, even though it's been a couple years since we did those. So that I think we can be proud of because mm-hmm. usually stuff that's two years old, that's ancient, but our stuff is for the most part evergreen. I mean, if you liked our review on its 35th anniversary, odds are you'll like it on the 37th anniversary, right? <laughs> okay. So moving up the chart here, number seven was Script for a Jester's Tear by Marillion as it turned 40 with Jimmy Madden. That came out in March when a time 
it was kind of right when I moved back to the States and we just seemed to be on fire. Everything we did did very well right around that time. Well, that was a fun show to do because we had never, well, at least I had never heard, uh, listened to Marillion before. And it was good to, to get to know Jimmy too, somebody who is working in the business, putting out his own uh, original material and, and trying to make a go of it. Uh, fun to, to listen to him and to kind of track his comings and goings on social media too because he's always out and about promoting his stuff and uh he's got a tour journal that he does it's fun to listen to yeah you know he's all over england playing all over and in, in pubs and, and small venues and stuff like that he's goes to australia to to get his albums made and, and things like that get his recordings done he wants to come to america so definitely check out jimmy and yeah marillion if you need a starting off point i mean obviously you go to spotify or any place that streams it but they have a best of both worlds greatest hits album mm -hmm. because you know they had fish as their lead singer and then he left and then hogarth came in to take over but they got just like van halen did a best of both worlds greatest hits they had a dave record and a sammy record mm -hmm. Brilliant has the same thing with Fish and Hogarth, so I would definitely encourage you to check that out. Number six was Houses of the Holy Turning 50 with our buddy Ryan Condell, who has his own podcast, The Stuff the Dreams Are Made Of, where he and his buddy talk about the movie props that they've bought mm -hmm. and the auctions coming up and the things they have. And look, they're in the Hollywood industry, so they have some pretty nice stuff, some pretty <laughs> killer things. He has a fedora worn on screen by Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. You know, he has mm -hmm. a screen match stormtrooper helmet. You know, he has some... Some cool stuff. We'll talk a bit more about him later. Number five was Dark Side of the Moon as it turned 50. Number four was Dire Straits debut album, hmm. which I loved. And you got into it. You're like, wow, there's not a bad track on here, is there? Yeah, that, that was a nice kind of bonus because, I mean, I, obviously I've heard of Dire Straits before. Brothers in Arms was gigantic in 85, which is coming up sooner rather than later on that anniversary. But yeah, to go back and... And to hear, I've heard Sultans of Swing a million times, but to right. get into the rest of the record, it was great. Uh, a nice surprise. And, you know, one of those like, well, of course you were going to like it. You just never got around to listening to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's Mark Knopfler's brilliant uh, and came out of the gates to show his brilliance. Number three was Goat's Head Soup by the Rolling Stones as it turned 50. And with Mark from Performance Anxiety, not only did we go over the whole album, but we also went over Scarlet mm -hmm. and the things that they brought in for the special reissue. And we have to thank Mark for helping us spread the word on that because that came out in August, yet it's still up at number three. Number four was OU812 by Van Halen, which surprised me a little bit just okay. because we even said so on the show. I mean, it's, you know, would it make our top five Van Halen albums? No. You know, if we're going to go listen to a Van Halen album, is this going to be it? Probably not. But we lived through it. I mean, when we were into Van Halen, that was the new album in 88. It was all over MTV. Mm -hmm. We were totally psyched. Oh, yeah, Van Halen's back and here it is, you know, kind of thing. But it's not heavy metal. It's not prog. It's not exactly 80s. I mean, it obviously came out in the 80s, but it's not that early 80s kind of men at work thing. So I was kind of surprised it did so well. I like going back and revisiting that one, too, because you're right. It's not my favorite Van Halen record, but it's got some good tracks. And it's got for me, it's got some pretty good memories, too, that go with it. Well, that's right. That's right. And you can't separate the music from the memories you made when you were mm. young with it because it just imprints on you. And now you've had those memories for 35 years, you know, so. And then number one, our number one album review of the year was Iron Maiden's Peace of Mind at 40, mm -hmm. which you probably should have guessed as it pulled two shows that were two years old into the top 10 mm -hmm. and some more because we've done like seven or eight Iron Maiden shows, right? We've done Peace of Mind, Seven Son of a Seven Son. We've done Live After Death. We've done Fear of the Dark. Mm -hmm. We've done Number of the Beast. We've done Number of the Beast. Some one time. Yeah, we've done a live speak by Bruce Dickinson. We've done a live concert review by them. So we, we've got a bunch of those. Mm. And then, yeah, peace of mind, between peace of mind and that live review this summer, it pulled all of them, like, I think, into the top 20, which is kind of impressive considering they're one and two years old. So, yeah, we're going to have more albums celebrating 30th, 35th, 40th, 45th, and 50th anniversaries. Maybe we could do some 55ths. 1969 had a few records come out that we know. I mean, if you really want to get free, yes. And if you really want to get freaky, the 1964 started to come into play also with uh, the Stones and 
uh, I think the Beatles were in 64 also. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. We got a lot of potential. A lot of potential for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So so stay tuned for that. Hey, this is Scott Holiday from the Rival Sons. You're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. All right. Well, I mentioned that we had 15 podcasters and authors on the show mm-hmm. this year. I thought we would take the opportunity on this show to kind of run down through them and remind people of them, remind us of how much fun we had talking with these folks. Uh, and starting off in the first of the year, January, we had Ryan Condal on to talk Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy as it turns 50. And he had a personal story attached. I mean, I think, was it the rain song they played at his wedding? They played something at his wedding. I think, it, yeah, it was either that or Over the Hills Over and the Hills far and Far Away. away. Yeah, that yeah. might have been it. Yeah. So, to, I mean, to play that at your wedding, yeah, I would I would think it was a pretty important song for you. Not just, nah, whatever. We'll make it work. I know. And for those who don't know, Ryan Condal is the co-creator, executive producer, head writer, showrunner for House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. which is the prequel to Game of Thrones, which is doing very well. Mm-hmm. I know he shows up for about eight or so Oscars coming up here in January. So cheer on Ryan. I'm sorry, Emmys. It's a TV show. It's not a movie show. It's up for eight Emmys that I think goes down here in January. So root for Ryan and cheer him on, and hopefully he'll get on that stage and win. And if you have not watched House of the Dragon, I would encourage you to do so. I watched it in uh, preparation to talk to him, and my wife said, oh, oh, okay, I'll watch it with you. She made it halfway through the first episode and just said, <laughs> I can't anymore. It is fantastically, that's a word, fantastically? Violent. So if you like that kind of It's also of stuff, fantastic, too. It's, I mean, it well, takes yes. place at another time and place, right? Right. So it's fantasy. To, and to see that on a TV show is is crazy, too. You'd swear, like you said, yo, it's a movie. I you could think it was a movie, no problem, for the effects and for the the world that they built there. Yeah, they spent a little money on that TV show. That's mm-hmm. that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we want to cheer on Ryan and, and wish him all the best. Absolutely. Looking it would forward be, to season two of that. Yeah, it would be cool to see it. And look, they have, of course, they have a behind-the-scenes making of mm. that's a bunch of episodes, and Ryan's all through that thing. I mean, it's his baby. He's kind of the, the main guy. I mean, the who's the guy who wrote that, the... H H the R R R R George R R Martin I think George R R Martin yeah. obviously he's a co-creator because Correct. it's based on characters and stuff that he wrote but he's not all through he didn't make the show every day the way Ryan made mm. the show every day super guy and we definitely would love to have him on again it was his second time on he did come mm. on for show 51 or we called it 50 part two to talk about Highlander because he wrote a script for Highlander that was picked up. And then I think Lionsgate either got sold or they had turnover at the top, all the executives changed, which means all the everything in, in progress there in production kind of got changed, but great guy. And it was a fun show and mm-hmm. it did make our top 10. Oh, just a quick note back on uh, on Ryan Condal's episode, House of the Holy. At the end of the year on Spotify for podcasters, they give you these stats and, you know, which episodes were the most shared or which episodes brought in the most new listeners or whatever it was. And our uh, Led Zeppelin House of the Holy with Ryan Condal from House of the Dragon was the most shared episode on Spotify this year. Now, that's just one service and we're available wherever you get your podcast dozens hundreds probably there are but spotify is one of the big ones and and uh ryan condal one was the one apparently most shared by everyone hey guys this is ryan condal the executive producer writer creator of house of the dragon and you're listening to the ugly american werewolf in london podcast and you should download and subscribe keep doing that let's see here next it wasn't until the summer that we spoke to kevin mulrein of the yes music podcast who wrote Honestly, an amazing book. Uh, it was called, what was it? Yes, the Tormato, the, the, Tormato, the Tormato story. story? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really great book with incredible depth and detail for an album that most people would not check as their favorite. <laughs> it's definitely his favorite. And, and we can also, we can almost count this as the 33rd album review because we did listen to it quite a bit and we talked to it him about it on the show Mm. Uh, but kevin went into great depth about it and i was impressed and i wish i had read it before i moved away from london because some of the haunts like the rc studios that they recorded in the place where they took the picture for the album cover were right near where i used to live and i used to walk past them all the time yeah i always like to think that the bands when they when they're together you know they're kind of working side by side and 
for a common goal, but it really sounded like, especially on this one, there was a lot of infighting. Everybody was at each other's throats. It was not a pleasant experience. But the fact that they put it all together, put this record out, kind of where the band was, and he goes into a lot of technical stuff, which I love, you know, as yeah. far as who's using what, the instruments. We talked a little bit to him about it, you know, the 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 creation and kind of the the history and mystery of the Bytron. Bytron. Yeah. yeah. Instrument. Yeah. F- fantastic read. Very interesting trip down a very interesting overview of an album that does not get enough love. Yeah, absolutely. And it had mm-hmm. about the most classic lineup ever on it. So you think right. we get some. And Oliver Wakeman, who you'll hear about on our next show, did the foreword for it, you know. And I think Kevin's done over 600 episodes <laughs> of the Yes Music podcast uh, and yeah. has had many, not all, but many of the surviving members of Yes on. So definitely worth checking him out. Hi, this is Kevin Mulrine, and I'm the author of Yes, the Tormato Story and co-host of the Yes Music podcast. And you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Now, next was kind of a dream come true in that we got to talk to Mick Wall. He had a new book about the Eagles' life in the fast lane, but I just wanted to talk to Mick Wall because he's been a rock writer for so long and he worked at Kerrang! And he was on many of the uh, VH1 behind the musics, especially the ones on harder rock bands. And so I I almost put him in the artist category just because he's kind of a big star, if you ask me. I was a little bit like, oh my God, we're talking to Mick Wall today. Personally called out in uh, Guns N' Roses, Get in the Ring. That was awesome. (laughs) Great uh, overview or great uh, information about that that, uh, time in the Eagles history. Well, kind of the, the entire history of the Eagles up until the end. And what I loved about him was he basically straight up said, I'm writing this for the fans. I'm going to tell you how it is, warts and all. I don't really care what the artists think. This is this is for the fans. Yeah, this is not to make Don Henley feel better about himself. Right. This is just the way it went down. No, he's, yeah. he's a brilliant writer. He's written like two dozen books. Mm-hmm. And he was great. When I was doing research for the Jimmy Page show with Christy, I came across an interview he did for British TV when Page was doing Outrider. And he had hair. And honestly, I've only <laughs> seen him with a shaved head. So... <laughs> To see him with hair back in the 80s, that was that was something. That was interesting. I didn't realize that was a thing. But no, thanks, Mick, for, for coming on. We hope mm-hmm. to have you on again. Hi, this is Mick Wall, and you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. Next up in July, we had Martin Popoff. Talk about a prolific writer. He's written like 130 rock books, mm. and they're all great. And this was ACDC at 50, which is kind of a coffee table book where he takes... 50 stories or 50 times in the band's history that were kind of pivotal or important to them with a heck of a lot of amazing pictures and album covers and backstage passages, all sorts of great stuff. Martin's a fun talk. And it was his second time on the show. He'd been with us the year before to talk Blue Oyster Cult, but definitely check out martinpopoff.com or martinpopoff.ca because there's a great, he's got a lot of great books, this among them, that would make great stocking stuffers and holiday presents. Yeah. And and like you said, the, the stories in it were great, but I mean, you could even go through that book and just look at all of the, the photos of the band, the the memorabilia that he's got uh, pictures of, you know, the promotional buttons that they would give out, backstage passes, posters, really a cool book to go through and look at the history of the band. Absolutely. Now, if it were you, Jackson, would mm. you rather have his ACDC at 50 book, which we reviewed with him and promoted, or would you rather have his Kiss at 50 book, which came out later in the year? Well, here's the great part. Are you talking about like for a Christmas present? Yeah. So I've got my birthday is right around Christmas. So I could get one for one and one for the other. Right. But let's say <laughs> you had a partner who right. was kind of cheap. It was just right. going to get you one oh. for one or the other. Jeez, that would be hard. I think I think it would be ACDC only because we we got to talk to him about it. Yes. Well, that was a that was a bet I made. And I mm-hmm. think I might have been right about that. bet. So. <laughs> Ooh, not to foreshadow anything or anything Correct. like that. Yeah. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi there. This is Martin Popoff, scribbler of many, many rock books. You're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. 
Later that month, we talked with Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks about Metallica's Kill 'Em All, Turning 40. And Jay, God bless him, got to see them when he was little, like snuck into the Aragon to see them and went on his bike after midnight to go hang out with them in a bowling alley parking lot because that's what they were doing back then. They would go find a place where their fans would be and they would hang out and they would smoke and drink and and sign records for them and build their audience. That's how Metallica got big. And Jay kind of gave us the insight as to seeing that firsthand as a teenager. I would have, uh, I would have loved to have been with them that night just to see the animals that were in that club. <laughs> Cause I mean, they had some, when they first started, there was a rough crowd of guys who like to hear music extremely loud really cool to get to talk to somebody who was actually there i mean we've listened to the record a ton of times we got to go see them later on but to to kind of get in on the ground floor when no one knew who they were and at a point where they would actually hang out outside the uh outside the venue really cool to talk to really cool to get his insight on that yeah absolutely and he got to see them with cliff obviously, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. cool. And it won't be Jay, but we did connect with somebody who saw Cliff, saw them play with Cliff just days, weeks, maybe before. I think it was, Cliff yeah, died. I think he said it was, it was, I think the week before he passed away and, and just when you're seeing him, then you didn't know it, you'd figure, of course, yeah, it was going to go on forever. But yeah, now to kind of go back and think about that, uh, that's a conversation I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. It'll be first concert memories sometime in 2024. Uh, but we hope Jay's doing well. I know we had a couple of health issues to deal with this year, so I uh, hope he's feeling great and uh, going to have a, a good holiday season here. Not too long after that, we had Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone on, and basically we asked him to interview us, mm-hmm. right? Because you and I got to go back to Europe to Amsterdam, where I used to live, to see Iron Maiden live at the Ziggo Dome. Then we go to Antwerp to see them again. And then that's when the fun really started. Mm-hmm. When we had that interesting walk home through Antwerp, only to get back to the bar to find members of Iron Maiden at the bar? Correct. Which was super special and really put a cap on this kind of, yes, we made the right move spending all this money to go see Iron Maiden <laughs> in Europe. You know, I think our wives were like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just wait for them to come to America? I'm like, well, first of all, they're not coming this year. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you never know what can happen. I mean, Nico had some health issues this year, you know, right. Are they going to have to replace Nico at some point? Is he going to get over all that stuff and be better than ever next year? I know they've come up with dates for 2024, but none of them are in our towns and they're not even really that close. And third of all, as you've pointed out before, an Iron Maiden show in the United States is not the same. Yeah, is lackluster, and that is due to the crowd reception. So I think we made the right choice. I, I really enjoyed uh, meeting Steve and getting to talk to him. I did feel a little bad because, as he pointed out, he's been a fan for a long time, seen them a million times, never got to meet them in person like we did just by happenstance. So That's sorry, right. Steve, but kind of not sorry because it was awesome. Because it was awesome. <laughs> and he's got an awesome Iron Maiden show for some mm-hmm. Iron Maiden heads. Definitely check out Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This is Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, and you are listening to The Wolf and Action Jackson on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast right now. And now we start to get into some of the first concert memories here, which were all from fellow podcasters. We mentioned Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus talking about Kiss, seeing Kiss for the first time. Those guys have a great show. They have great, they're just funny. I mean, I've said Mm -hmm. this to them, to their faces, and I've said it on our show many times. I don't always need to listen to the show to hear about disc two from the Creatures of the Night 40th anniversary (laughs) box set, which I'm never going to buy. It's not really why I'm listening. I listen because those guys make me laugh mm-hmm. yeah. consistently. And in this day and age, I don't get a whole lot of out loud laughs, but every Saturday when I'm walking the dog or taking a hike or whatever, I go with them and they consistently make me laugh. So that's why they're the number one kiss podcast in the world. They produce it well. They know what they're doing and their listeners, or I call them fans mm-hmm. are way into them. And Kiss is kind of an interesting animal, too, because there are some people that can't stand them. There are some people that love them unconditionally. And Tom and Zeus will give it to you 
as fans that they the fans that they are they love some stuff they hate some stuff and they're going to tell you why both of those things are happening so yeah and you're right i don't even care what they're talking about today's topic is don't care i'm just gonna come along for the ride exactly yeah yeah no yeah and they're honest about it too they're mm-hmm. not just blind devotees yeah. like look we love kiss but this is nonsense and this is terrible <laughs> you know and the people calling how can you say that about your favorite man because <laughs> i live on planet earth you moron <laughs> They're not infallible, you know. But yeah, definitely check out their show on the last two shows at Madison Square Garden because it was quite a weekend for a lot of big Kiss fans. Mm-hmm. And there's there's stuff to complain about that happened <laughs> over the weekend. So <laughs> buckle up for that. And then one that, that did very well, uh, hit number three on our top 10 album reviews here was Mark from Performance Anxiety talking about Stone's Goat's Head Soup as it turned 50. It was fun to talk to Mark. We didn't really know him. He's part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we kind of exchanged some emails. He did introduce us to Autumn Hawk Percival, who did Gentle Giant with this on show. Mm-hmm. Was that 101 or 102, 103, something like that last yeah. year. A Beautiful Spirit is Autumn. And so we were like, thanks, Mark. Let's do something together sometime. And he said he would do Goat's Head as it turned 50 there. And and it was a fun conversation, and the show did really well for us. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, I know for me, Goat's Head Soup is not on the top of my list. I mean, it kind of it kind of gets pushed back when you're talking about Exile on Main Street, when you're talking about Sticky Fingers. So glad that we went back and and gave that kind of the proper amount of time and love that it needed. I mean, that was obviously our favorite era of the mm-hmm. Stones, the Mick Correct. Taylor. 69 to 74 era and this is kind of i don't know i won't say it was necessarily before the wheels started to come off but it's it's hard to follow up there yeah Yeah, i know it's hard to follow up exile on main street with anything Mm -hmm. Uh, and still there's some really good stuff on there so definitely check that one out yeah hey this is mark from performance anxiety and you're listening to the ugly american werewolf in london Next one was a new addition to the Pantheon podcast family in 2023, and that was the hosts of The Met Report, the official Metallica weekly podcast, Mm -hmm. which has done extremely well, vaulted over us in the top 25 standings (laughs) in, in Pantheon to no one's surprise, but it has spurred some interest from other bands who may want Pantheon to help them produce their podcast. So we're excited by the prospect of that. But we had Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson on the show, the hosts of the Met Report. Stefan, of course, has been with them for about 40 years. He's been the editor of their So What fan club magazine. And Renee, who is a legend in the San Francisco Bay Area as a DJ, she runs their foundation All Within Our Hands, which does amazing work uh, in communities all around the nation. So it was great to not only get to know them a little bit, but to kind of hear about the charitable work and to hear about, you know, what they get to do around this incredible tour that Metallica embarked on in 2023. Yeah, which you were a part of the uh, inaugural weekend. That's right. It was awesome to kind of tie that in. And yet to, to hear about the, the all in our hands, Metallica is very generous, but they're also not super into beating their own drum and saying how great they are. So I'm glad they've kind of got this. I was going to say it's like a, a way to kind of promote that without, they can do it through someone else because it's a great organization. They do a lot of good work and it's something they definitely need to be recognized for. Absolutely. You know, I mean, helping people get jobs or helping people Mm -hmm. get everything to get to school, to get that certificate, that degree or whatever is going to help them move forward in their lives. It's, it's pretty awesome. And yes, they do deserve a lot of credit for doing that. I don't see a lot of other bands doing that. They may Mm -hmm. give money away, but they don't get down there and start something from the ground up. That's really going to help people around the nation. Right. And and if you go to the website, you can actually see case studies of, of individual people they've they've helped and how it's made a difference in their life. So I would definitely encourage you to go and check that out if you if you're not familiar. Hi, my name's Stefan Shirazi from the Metallica Report. Hi, my name is Renee Richardson from the Metallica Report. And you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London. When it comes to Metallica, we will be talking about the concert review on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Let's jump ahead to First Concert Memories 2 with Greg Renoff of Van Halen. That guy talked fast and has a lot of knowledge about Van Halen, man. We had to <laughs> squeeze all that in there. Definitely a tour that I like to hear about because it, we were just a little bit too young for that at that time. 
would have loved to have seen it. Definitely got to see clips of when they were promoting it back on the MTV in the MTV era. Cool to hear from him. Giant Van Halen fan, like we talked about before, pretty much shaped the rest of his life. So yeah. it was awesome to hear about that. Yeah, it's, it was awesome for us, too. I mean, mm-hmm. 1984, the album, which came out early in 1984, which means there's a 40th mm-hmm. anniversary coming up, mm-hmm. hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Very important to us as we were children of MTV and it was plastered all over it. And it's like, oh, wow, these guys are really awesome, you know? So can't wait to, uh, well, you know, if it happens, you know, talk about that album at some point. But thank you, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And, and check out his books. They make great gifts as well. Uh, then next was Neil from Def Lep Pod talking about seeing Def Leppard on Adrenalize. After that was Sonny Pooney talking about seeing Ace live. And after that was Christy talking about seeing Jimmy Page and Robert mm-hmm. Plant live. So 13 shows with other authors and podcasters, 15 folks overall that we got to hang out with. And I got to say, that's one of the best parts of doing this show mm-hmm. is to connect with folks who have this passion for rock music the way we do so much so that they had to make a show or they had to write books about it. And yeah, certainly when you talk about Mick Wall and Martin Popoff, they're kind of on a different level. They've written lots of books and they're really good, but it's great that like someone like Kevin Mulrine who decided 12, 13 years ago, he wanted to do a yes music podcast because it's his passion and where he has all this knowledge, he starts that, and then eventually he's going to write a book. And he had wrote a great book, you know, and the Shout It Out Loud guys are doing the same thing, right? They're writing a book with Joey Casada that's going to come out sometime next year, you know. So maybe that's something for us to uh, to think about. Now, Christy did it backwards. She, she wrote the book, and then she made the <laughs> podcast. But still, I mean, maybe it's something for us to think about at some point writing a book there, Jackson. That would be fun. First, we've got to figure out how to read, and then we can figure out how to write. <laughs> what are we going to write it about? Uh, uh. <laughs> right. That was that one time we did that cool thing, remember? Remember the time we were on the way to see the cult, and they canceled the show? And so we went and went to the box office, got our money back, and took that money and got wasted. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> A lot of people want to hear about that. But it is interesting to talk to to talk to people like Neil and Christy who we didn't know at all from anyone. And then to just get right on and have that conversation. You know, we we had similar experiences. You know, we got to see the same tour that Neil did and then uh, similar to what Christy went through. It's just great to relive those memories and and hear it from somebody else who is a is a big fan. Yeah, and you know, with Neil it was the exact same tour, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's just he saw it in England whereas we saw it in the States. We saw right. it months apart. You know, for Sonny, we both saw Ace together, but we saw him together like five years after Sonny did, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and we saw Jimmy Page and Robert Plant together four years before Christy did. So we had this in common, but it wasn't quite the same tour. It wasn't exactly the same, right. Yeah, so we got to hear some other people's perspectives. And yeah, I mean, I think Sonny reached out to us to say, hey, you ever want me for a show? Let's do it. That was last year before he was on Pantheon with us. Just knew that, you know, he uh, he, he knew who we were from hearing us via Tom and Zeus, who would give us shout outs once in a while, or maybe he discovered our show from being on some of the same lists uh, as, as his show is, you know, and mm-hmm. we recently have been number one in the music history division of good pods. And for a whole week, a lot of times you get up there for a day and then you go away, but we've been up there for a whole week and not just on the indie side, but on the overall side as well. So it's so- always great to see your name in lights. <laughs> however many dozen or so people are actually using good pods <laughs> they're listening to us which is wonderful but no it's just making these friends all around the world and you know at some point we're going to meet Sonny because he lives in Cincinnati now so he's not that far away mm-hmm. some point we're going to go to a show with Christy at some point we're going to meet up with the shout it out loud cast guys you know and, and do something fun together so you know it's it, every all of our friends and certainly our work colleagues and our family they're not into to rock music the way we are but we found our people through the show right we've been able mm-hmm. to to branch out all around the world think of somebody like chris from rock these tweets well he lives in toronto but yeah. now we're friends you know mm-hmm. and we communicate on social media and uh, you know and all these folks even though we've never like sat down and had a meal together or a beer or anything like that still consider them to be our friends and our brothers and sisters in rock and roll right Right. So yeah, interesting to see what 2024 is going to bring. Hopefully more of the, just all of this, but more. All of this, but more. Yes. All of this. I want all of this, but then 
even more stuff to happen. And on the next show, we'll dig into the concert reviews we had and the artists that we had on the show, because we had some great ones that sparked some great conversations Mm -hmm. and we'll give you our overall top 10 most downloaded episodes of the year for 2023. So stay tuned for that. Hey, this is Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. This is Neil from Def Left Pod. This is Sunny Hollywood Pooney. Hi, this is Christy Alexander Hallberg, author of the novel Searching for Jimmy Page. Hey guys, this is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon. Hi, this is Kevin Mulrine. Hi, this is Mick Wall. Yeah, hi there. This is Martin Popoff, scribbler of many, many rock books. This is Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Hey, this is Mark from Performance Anxiety. Hi, my name's Stefan Shirazi from the Metallica Report. Hi, my name is Renee Richardson from the Metallica Report. And you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. Did I get that right? (laughs) What an honor and a pleasure it was to talk to so many rock authors, rock journalists, rock writers, rock podcasters, rock aficionados, people who share that passion for rock music the way we do. And we got to review some killer albums with them. And so we want to thank all of our guests from 2023. And we want to thank all our listeners out there. It really means a lot to us that you listen, that you let us share a little portion of your life with you and talk about the stuff we love, which is rock and roll music, trying to keep it alive and hear as many stories as we possibly can. And then we share them with you. We appreciate you listening. And as usual, we want to know, did we miss the point? Did we get something right did we leave out your favorite part did we get something wrong well yes we did get a couple things wrong here i accidentally said van halen was the number four album on our albums list and it was actually number two sorry we were going from three down to two not three up to four sorry it's an old habit also i kind of failed to mention that mick wall and martin popoff they are, they are prolific writers of books but you will also see them in magazine articles from time to time and they are both podcasters martin is of course the host of history and five songs with martin popoff which is also on the pantheon podcast network of which we are a proud member and thankful to be a part of but we want to hear from you we want to know what you want to hear about albums bands genres top 10 lists whatever you're looking for email us it's ugly american werewolf at gmail.com follow us on socials we're always on twitter at ugly underscore werewolf or at action jack 72 but you'll find us on instagram you'll find us on threads you'll find us on youtube reach out let us know how you're doing and make sure you visit our sponsor rarevinyl.com use the code ugly you save yourself 10 percent had a lot of great orders this holiday season maybe you need something for a buddy or a friend in january maybe you're going to get that christmas bonus and you want to buy yourself something good whatever it is rare vinyl will hook you up uh, with a code ugly and save you 10 percent. next week is part two where we get into the legends and the artists that we spoke with on the show and the live reviews from all around the world so until next time be cool and keep doing what you do to keep rock alive It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.